Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. God didn't make any uh, destined-to-be-defeated new creations. We're made in His likeness and image, and He is no loser and those created in His likeness and image are winners. You are created to overcome. You are made to win. Now, if that hasn't been your experience, well, all of us have made mistakes and come short, but that doesn't change what He intended for us to be. Go ahead and say it out loud. Greater, Greater. is He that's in me <laughs> than He that's in the world. He has made me. An overcomer, more than a conqueror, a winner in Christ Jesus. It's the truth. Say You don't have to wait till the next class time to say that. Stir yourself up and especially say it when it doesn't look like it, when it doesn't feel like it. That's when you need to call those things that be not, feel not, look not as though they were. Get your Bible, something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom with us. We've saved you a chair, a seat right up here in the front. Come on in. Let's release faith and get some answers today. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us here and all over the world, we agree together as touching this. We ask you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. In the anointing, in this environment, we see things. We know things, we understand things that we could not otherwise. Let that anointing, your presence, your spirit be manifested everywhere this airs. And let your healing anointing, your restoring power and your strength be manifested. We ask it in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Look with me in our great textbook, our perfect, infallible textbook. You can't say that about any other textbook. In Matthew, the ninth chapter, we begin a number of sessions ago on this series we're calling Faith for Healing. Faith for Healing. And in Matthew 9 and verse 20, it tells of the woman that was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years, came behind Jesus and touched the hem of his garment, for she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. Notice she didn't say, I might be, I could be. What'd she say? I shall be. She's no longer questioning, she's confident. Can you see this? As long as you're questioning, you're not persuaded, you're not in faith. Jesus turned him about when he saw her and he said, Daughter, 
be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. We saw that not only here, but that in case after case after case, Jesus told people the same thing, sometimes the exact same words and sometimes very similar. He told her her faith made her whole. He said the same similar thing to the centurion. He said, go your way as you have believed, so be it done to you. To the two blind men, he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. To the Syrophoenician woman, he said, great is your faith. Be it unto you even as you will. To blind Bartimaeus, he said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Now, I know I've read this in previous classes. Why am I reading it again? Can anybody guess? Most people don't believe this. Most church-going people do not believe this. This has been replaced by religious tradition. If you ask them what determines whether God's power heals a person or not, most of the church-going world will say, well, if it's His will. But not one time did Jesus tell people coming to Him for healing, if it be God's will. Not once not one time, then why has the church seized upon something and made it the emphasis and the determining factor when Jesus never even said it one time? What happened here? And this is what you got to watch. Religious tradition can be hundreds of years old, centuries old. It can be entrenched tradition. And when something's been around that long and is so familiar, people get to thinking, well, it's, it's the Bible. It's, and it's not the Bible. It's contradicting the Bible. It's replacing the Bible. Jesus did not emphasize the will of God in these individuals' healing. He simply did not. He did not make it a point of focus ever, then why, oh why, is the church making it its main focus? Now, I've said it before, I'm going to keep going over it again because I've seen this, you've got to get this settled in you. As long as you're questioning, well, I I hope it's the will of God, I, I sure want it to be, but you just never know, well, then you can't have faith to be healed. You're stuck in a spiritual limbo. You you can't move forward until you get it settled. Jesus said, how many are going to go with Jesus? Go, huh? You can go with religion, you can go with tradition, or you can go with Jesus. What did Jesus say? Not once, not twice, not three times, but over and over again, when people experienced a healing and delivering miracle, what did he look at them and emphasize? Their faith. Didn't he do it? Your faith. Let me read it again. I didn't finish. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you whole. According to your faith, be it unto you. As you have believed, be it unto you. The leper of, of the ten, he said again, your faith has made you whole. What's the good news about it? If their faith 
would make them whole? Your faith can make you. Why? Because God hasn't changed. Faith hasn't changed. He's no respecter of persons. Why would he have these things recorded for us to begin with? To inspire us. To inform us. To enlighten us. To enable us. He didn't want us reading this and go, man, that lucky guy, that lucky leper. Oh, man, did he luck out. He happened to be with Jesus. Jesus. And so Jesus healed him. No, Jesus could have said, you lucky guy, I'm here. And I am taking care of you. You lucky guy. It was the will of God. You came on the right day and the stars aligned. You lucky guy. Not once did he ever say anything about that. He didn't even emphasize the power of God. We know the power of God did it. He didn't emphasize. We know it must have been the will of God, but he didn't emphasize it. Why? Because God's will is a constant. Hmm? It doesn't vary. It doesn't change in things like this. He, it, it doesn't need to. It was always his will to save and heal and deliver. It is his will today to save, heal, and deliver. A million years from now, it will still be his will to save, heal, and deliver. Do you believe it, class? Yes. Hallelujah. That's not going to prevent me from telling you again, though. Because <laughs> how does faith come? Anybody know how, how does it come? It comes by hearing and hearing. And many people have heard the other stuff for so long, you need to hear this repeatedly until it pushes, it, it cracks and breaks that stronghold of unscriptural tradition and fills you with actual faith from what Jesus actually said. In uh, Matthew 8, just back up a chapter, we begin looking this week at our first individual account of healing that we're studying. The healing of the leper, not the leper from the ten. This is a different individual. But we're going to read Matthew 8, then we'll read Luke 5, then we'll wind up again at our passage in Mark 1. Uh, Matthew 8, verse 1. Matthew 8, verse 1. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you will... You can make me clean. Jesus put forth his hand, touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus said to him, See that you tell no man, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. And we went back and read in Leviticus 14, exactly what that was. The priest was to examine him, take two birds alive and clean and, and running water and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop and he was to kill one of the birds over the running water and then he was to take the remaining living bird with the scarlet wood, uh, excuse me, the, the scarlet and the cedar wood and the hyssop and dip them into the blood of the bird that was slain. Does any of this sound familiar? And then lift up now the blood washed, water washed with the work of the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and go out to an open field where there's no limitations and restrictions and let the living 
blood-washed bird go free. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and why am I saying that? That's what Jesus told this man who has just received a miraculous healing to do. He said, don't go tell anybody what just happened until you do this. You go straight to the priest and you remind him of Leviticus 13 and 14 and tell him you've been healed by the power of God and you want him to please do for you what Leviticus 13 and 14 said. And we'll touch on that maybe in a few uh, or later, whenever. But um, he told him to do that. Go in, in Luke, please. The fifth chapter, read Luke's account of this. Luke 5 and verse 12. It came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy. So his case was advanced. Who seeing Jesus fell on his face. Do you see how you have to read all three of these to get the fuller picture? Because one will say this, the other, and you put it all together, it just, it's, it's a Holy Spirit picture. Who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Now just about all three quoted this exactly the same. <laughs> if you will, you can make me clean. And then Jesus' response, he put forth his hand and touched him. And what did he say? I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him and he charged him to tell no man but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony to them. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him and great multitudes. Now this would have been thousands of people. Maybe more. Thousands of people came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Do you need to hear? Is that connected with being healed? We'll take this man right here. Did he need to hear something that enabled him to receive his healing? Yeah, he did. What specifically did he need to hear? I will. Hallelujah. Did I will get him the rest of the way in his faith? It did. It did. And you can see why Jesus, excuse me, the Spirit of God had this healing in Jesus' ministry recorded for us and for all generations. In Mark 5, excuse me, I keep saying that, Mark 1, Mark 1, let's read Mark's account of this. Mark 1 and verse 40. There came a leper to him, to Jesus, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Now it's, it's very easy to see one of the reasons why the Holy Spirit selected this one out of the many, many cases of healing in Jesus' ministry. It deals with one of the biggest questions of every generation. Is it God's will? He said, I, I believe you can. Doesn't that describe most of the church going world? Right? I mean, you, most anybody that genuinely believes in God, they wouldn't tell you, oh, I don't think God could heal if he wanted to. They're not going to say that. They'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, 
God, God's got all kind of power. He, he's all powerful. Uh, he can do anything. But what do they question? They don't question his ability, but they do question his will. Right? And the reason they do is because they have heard it might not be his will. And they have heard people say, well, I, you know, it wasn't his will. And we got into this on yesterday's class that you got all kind of folks that, that imagine that if it happened, it must have been God's will. Or if it didn't happen, it must not have been God's will because they'll say, because you know, God's in control. And that sounds, you know, religious and it sounds even respectful, but it is not true. It is contrary to Scripture. God is not controlling everybody and everything that is happening or not happening on this planet. That is not true. It's not what the Bible teaches. It's not what's happening. All you got to do is look around a little bit on the planet. Does God really want all this stuff going on? Is it really His mysterious will and plan? The pain, the cruelty, the evil? No, it's not what the Bible teaches. And so we looked at scriptures in Ephesians 5 and Romans 12 and Matthew 6, and we saw the Lord telling us, pray that God's will would be done. <laughs> well, if it's already being done, no need to pray that it would be done. No, that lets you know it's not being done. Pray that His will would be done in earth just like it is in heaven. Ephesians 5 says, don't be a fool, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Romans 12 says, you've got to get your mind renewed so that you can distinguish what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. No, you can't just embrace everything and say, well, it's the will of God. We don't know why. We don't understand it, but it's the will of God. No, it is not everything the will of God. Here, this man is questioning God's will. I know you can. I believe you can. If you will. You know, Hebrews... Uh, we looked at this in our previous study on, uh, you turn back to Hebrews 11, if you would, with me. We spent, what, 150 plus lessons on this uh, 11th chapter of Hebrews. And verse 6 says this, without faith, it is impossible to please him. So is faith his will? Would you say faith was his will? Is everybody on the planet operating in faith in God? Oh, are you kidding? Huh? So that right there shows that the will of God's not being done everywhere. It's impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe, it's not optional, must, if you're going to come to God, if you're going to interact with God, if you're going to receive from God, you have to believe these two things. You have to be Persuaded. That means you're no longer asking questions about it. Number one, what? God is. Or we could say He's real, He exists, and He is God. Well, if He's God, He's all-knowing. If He's God, 
He's all powerful. And there's a lot of folks, they do believe that. And yet, James says, even the devils believe. <laughs> right? And they tremble, they shudder. Just because you believe that God exists, that's not enough to get you to the point of faith to receive things like a healing. Because that man believed God could, didn't he? He said he did. He said, you can do it. Here is a man who from the natural standpoint is hopeless. His flesh, part of him is dead while he walks. It's awful. He's separated from the people he loves, his job. He's just waiting to die. There's nothing man can do for him here. And yet, he's fully convinced that God could heal him. Can you see this? And yet he is not healed. Hmm? When he asked that question, is he healed? No. Nothing's happening in his body yet. But why is this account in the Bible? Why did the Lord record it? Not once, not twice, three times. Right? He wants you and I to get a hold of something. What does he want us to get? The answer to the question. Right? That so many are still doggedly asking today. Is it your will? Is it your will? I, I, I know you can. I know you can. If it's, if it's your will. You know, I think the Lord gets tired of hearing that. I really do. Think about this. Would you look at Jesus hanging on the cross, paying the price for your sins, for you to be saved and not judged, and look at him and go, is it your will for me to be saved? Is it your will for me to be cleansed and forgiven? Are you slow? <laughs> right? Are you dull? I mean, why is he hanging on the cross? Would he do that if it wasn't his will? Well, the same thing. He's tied to the, the whipping post. His clothes uh, pulled off. He's beat and, and bruised by his stripes. Do you look at him and go, Lord, is it your will for me to be healed? Is it? I can't tell. Why is he there? Why is he? The scripture tells us why. He took not only uh, my sins and the judgment for my sins and paid for my transgressions, like Isaiah says, he also took my infirmities, bore my sicknesses, carried my pains so I could be sick, so I could question his will about it. Why did he do it? To make available to me, to you, forgiveness, cleansing, washing, righteousness, and healing. I said, and healing. And healing too. And healing too. This is healing that this man is asking him about. I know you can. If you only would. And how are people deciding his will? I know some, uh, I heard this man say to a preacher one time uh, about this. He said, well, how would we find him? He said, well, I thought you'd pray. And if God healed me, then we'd know it was his will. But if it didn't happen, then we'd see that it wasn't his will. That's how we ascertain the will of God? To see what happens or what doesn't happen? And it's no wonder so many are so hopelessly confused, is it? 
if that's how you are ascertaining the will of God, then you cannot help but be perpetually confused and disturbed because you're looking to the wrong thing. No, we have a more sure word. Oh, hallelujah. We got a more sure way to find and be established in the will of God. How did Jesus deal with the enemy trying to tempt him and confuse him? It is written. It is written. It is also written. How should you and I respond? It is written. It is written. It is also written. You got to believe two things. You got when you come to God, you got to believe he is and what else? What else? And you must believe he is a rewarder. One translation said he becomes a rewarder to those seriously seeking him. So you, you must not only believe in God's ability, you've got to believe in his willingness to use his ability to help you and bless you. You've got to believe something about his character, that he's a good God, that he, in that same thing, a rewarder, a reward something good. So is God a good God? Does he care about you? Is he a father? Well, what good father wants to see his children suffer from an evil disease, a work of the enemy? And yet, this leper, he, he hadn't got it settled. Whether At that point, whether it's God's will for him to be helped or not. I know you can, if you will. Can we accept Jesus' words as the answer to this question? That's a little weak class. Can, could we, I'm not trying to trick you. Could, how do we answer this question of the ages? Look at it. Mark 1. The leper said, if you will, if you will, you can make me clean. Jesus moved with compassion. He didn't have to think about it. Put forth his hand, touched him. This is a man not supposed to even be around other people. He's isolated. He's quarantined. Jesus reaches out and touches him with love, compassion. And what did he say? Oh, come on, class. Tell me what he said. Tell me what he said. What did he say? What did he say? Oh, if we could only answer this question. I said, if we could just answer this. What did he say? He said, I will. Oh, hallelujah. In Luke uh, 5, 12, actually 13 in the, the Living Bible, he says, of course I will. Oh, don't you like that? The Weymouth says, I am willing. The NEB says, indeed, I will. The BBE says, it is my pleasure. The Phillips says, of course I want to. Is Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever? If he said, I will then, what's he saying today? Is he no respecter of persons? If he told him, I will, what will he tell you? What will he tell you? Forever let it be established. Though the heavens pass away, the word will not go away. It is, has been, will be his will for you to be healed. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 
And that's it. Our time is up for today, but there's more. Come back tomorrow and get some more in faith school. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 